Well, everybody said about the bird. Grown men watch this shit. A podcast about indie wrestling. Alright, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to... I was going to try to steal someone else's intro gimmick, but I didn't have that planned. But welcome to the show that is... Grown Men Watch This Shit. Now, Chris, Mm -hmm. what intro were you going to steal, friend? I actually hadn't planned that far ahead. I just remembered our gimmick from last time, stealing Jericho's, and I was trying to go with something off off the top of my head, but it just didn't work. (laughs) I I thought the gimmick was that you were trying to think of one then and just couldn't, not that you were trying to follow up on something else. So, uh, either way, let's do a... Hang on, hang on. What's going on? What the fuckers? What the fuck buddies? What the fuck? What the fuckaroonies? That's that's Mark Maron. So we'll still we'll steal that one. Excellent. All right, we've we've got this gimmick continuing now. Tick. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And on that note, uh, in addition to to our beautiful selves that you in theory know from prior episodes, we have a, a third man in the booth. Uh, the third. Of the three amigos, in actual fact, welcome back to the show, our roving Mexican reporter who may actually not be Mexican, but occasionally goes to Mexican shows, John Craft. Thanks for having me, guys. It's been a minute. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Last time we saw you was in uh, New York, right? Yeah, New York City. We recorded at Hooters. We Literally did. the other side of the country, the other side of the world for Chris. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's been too long, John. Mm-hmm. Indeed, and uh, it's it's been good. Lots lots has gone down. Mm-hmm. And uh, in theory, you have you've gone to another one of those wrestling shows, I believe. Yeah, I do spend all of my credit card travel points on wrestling shows. So, I uh, yeah, just another another one in the books. Another great trip to Las Vegas. Lovely, Pretty beautiful trip, Las, Las Vegas. Vegas. Hey, speaking of your um. Working that out with your credit card points. I just did my, my tax recently, which is really fun. Uh, but I um, just quietly hope that the tax man isn't listening to this because that may get me in trouble. Uh, but I worked out I was able to if actually... the tax man is listening, I've never designed a t-shirt for anyone ever in my life. <laughs> <laughs> but I worked out every one of my wrestling trips for the financial year of 2017, no, 2018 to Fuck, I can't even remember. This shit confuses me, man. But whenever it was, I got like. Well, four... you can write that shit off. Yeah, well, yeah, I should, do we because we should get a grown man watch this shit LLC and write it all off. Well, I write mine off as a as a graphic designer because you see all of these trips, uh, 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 graphic design and marketing related, and uh, all of the art galleries and stuff that I go to. So. <laughs> well, I should get an LLC and write That's mine off. Yeah. Gimmick. Yeah, I, I, like, actually, I think I got, like, 30 grand worth of deductions from wrestling shows, mostly. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, How much money really do you go. end up getting back in the long run? Well... Or, I mean, if you wanted to, don't, you don't mind giving up Biggie, you know? <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, I, I don't enjoy paying tax at the best of times. So I just had, like, my, you know, as a... Um, 
as a freelancer, as you as you would, an independent whatever, um, I, uh, I I just sort of pay whatever the government sort of thinks I'm going to pay. I like pay it in advance on a quarterly basis. So normally I'm yeah. used to you know having this tax time, and then they're being like, "All right, give us another fucking six grand, or you know another three grand on top of that." Like it's fucked. Um, but this time, got it back. They gave me twenty five hundred dollars. Good golly! Yeah. So more people should yeah, go on wrestling trips and and somehow you know make them work related and butter butter bing butter boom there you go. That's right, Before ladies and gentlemen. On, on, podcast. Oh, ahead, we also tax advice. Yeah, the, the, <laughs> the best, the worst tax advice. Uh, hey, before we started the show, I actually uh, do do my negligence in watching a lot of wrestling in preparation for the podcast. Uh, I had neglected to order food, so uh, I ordered some food. So at some point during this podcast, I will let you you know that I am leaving to go get this food, or I will go silent for a period, and you might ask me a question. I just won't be there. So in roughly 12 minutes' time, I will have fried seafood arriving at my domicile, and I will have to run to get it. Dang, that sounds uh, nice. Well, please please treat it exactly like – I was going to say please treat it exactly like when I have a a pee break, and then John and I will will keep ourselves entertained while you – And just shut things on the wall. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) All right, so Jonathan, let's start – before, you know, I don't want to rudely interrupt you later for my food, but first off, when did you get into beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada? Uh, Friday morning, and I left Monday night. Mm. Mm. So quick pop Chris, in and we have out. A holiday here called Memorial Day weekend, mm-hmm. and uh, so it's a nice long weekend here that we do in the United States, and I was off work that Monday. I took the Friday off, just, you know, take one day off and made a little thing out of it. So I was able to catch a couple shows. John is familiar with little things. If you all time. That's what she said. I got him. I got him. <laughs> so what did you first do when you, you guys got in town? Uh, sponsored by Blue Chew, right? Speaking of that. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're continuing our Blue, Blue Chew gimmick from last last week episode. You know, I, I have some Mexican Viagra, too. Uh, we could see if they want to sponsor. Excellent. What's funny is when, when, we, were, when we were hanging out in uh, New York, John's like, uh, I got a Mexican Viagra if you want one. I'm like, I was considering it. And I'm like, Alicia, should I grab one? She's like, you don't need that. And I'm like, it was both simultaneously like awesome, but at the same time, like, but if I had it, just imagine. Oh, you, you don't tell her. I mean, I, so the first time I did it, well, I, she I grabbed it. She would know. She would know. <laughs> all of a sudden everything's working like it should right yeah the first time i uh, i grabbed a box for a friend he just you know gave me some cash and then he got laid off from his job and moved to south dakota moved back in with his rents so i had this box and i didn't know what to do with it so i you know i figured I, i'd try one pills for ducks. and uh i i did not tell my uh my, my woman that i was taking it until after when she was like, what the fuck was that? And I told her, and she said, wow, I'm really glad you didn't tell me beforehand, but since you tell me after, yeah, I mean, whatever, take it. Yeah, that's exactly how I feel. Like, well, yeah, it'd be fun. It's not that I'm not good and bad. What I'm saying is I'm clear, I'm sure that when you do Viagra, as you've you've said, uh, it's definitely quite a different experience for your lady friend who is experienced with you. I've been dating for a year. All of a sudden, I come in like a jackhammer. She's like, what the fuck's going on over here? 
Yeah, I mean, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't need it necessarily. It's just, uh, oh, no one needs it's, it's just, it. It's just, just depressing. Plus, yeah. you know, I mean, let's face it, I'm 31 now. Like, what if we want to have some long, crazy date night? You know, with three or four rounds. I mean, I'm not 21 yeah, anymore. But for performance-enhancing drugs, sometimes when you yeah. go on the field, you got to have a little bit of extra ammunition. Right, Chris? Sometimes it's good to just know that, you know, you got that in the back of your mind. It's just a little bit extra confidence. You may not actually need it, but, but it's good to know that it's there, you know? Well, yeah, yeah if you're taking a Viagra fun. pill, you're, it's good to know that it's in my system just in case I want to fuck. <laughs> this show is sponsored by Mexican Sildenafil. <laughs> I'm, oh, that'd boners. be the sponsorship I'd want the the Mexican, Mexican rip off. Shit, brand. Not Blue Chew. Blue Chew <laughs> comes in like, no, we're trying to go for that generic Mexican shit. I'm sorry, bro. But no, so specifically after we were talking about this last time, I was thinking and I was like, wait, so what is the added benefit? Like, so after after you've done your business, like in in theory, you know that that's keeping well, you go your, longer. You like wear her out. So it like, so it just gives hell? you a more than one round. So after you uh, uh, uh extend bust. your your stamina, so to speak, what it does is it's kind of like the workout supplement uh NO two. Wait, so it's, it's improving uh, your cardiovascular performance as well? Well, so what it does is it increases the size of your it dilates your blood vessels. Your schwans, brah. Yeah, yeah. So so, you know, for example, if you take the NO2 workout supplement, you get a bigger pump in your muscles because it expands your blood vessels. Mm-hmm. The same things happens in your dick. So it uh, it, it encourages a, cut, an erection. Cut. It does not make you last longer. But if you ever remember your teenage days where, you you know, you'd finish and it would just not still not go down. I mean, mm-hmm. it's kind of like that. So, really? Yeah. Yeah, so all in right. theory, going to get two or three <laughs> goes out of this as opposed to, to just the one. That That's kind of the long game we're talking here. Well, it depends. If you're lazy still, you might only be able to get that one in there. And your dick's just standing up like everyone's awkward. Like, well, you still got an erection and we're just kind of hanging out now. So, I mean, is this yeah. good for like generally like like fast finishes? Like this will kind of ex- extend them out? No. Or if, if you're still a fast finisher, no. you're just going to get like... No, the only way to be a fast finisher is uh, if you finish and you play it cool and just say, hey, I still have the same boner, let's just keep going. <laughs> yeah, don't tell anybody. <laughs> yeah. Interesting yeah. stuff. So, um, the odd <laughs> you kind of gave me your jizz like into your hand and throw it over your shoulder? Like, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> didn't, didn't even happen. <laughs> You're like, oh, man, I'm kind of broke. Just, uh, What's that on the wall? Yeah. <laughs> now, on, on the odd chance that there is even a single lady listening to this, I uh, I have my own. <laughs> Courtney's definitely listening. <laughs> Not you, Courtney. <laughs> this yeah, is my yeah, favorite hey, preamble so far. Did you guys go to the bonus talk? I didn't care for it all. <laughs> yeah, these, these Facebook comments would be insane. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's let's move on to wrestling. So, finish seven. Still talking about the. If you got into, uh, so we definitely finished talking second. about bonus. Just, just no. When boner talk is done, no All more right. dick talk. All right, just want to <laughs> make sure we late? we put a pent a tent post in this podcast at at eleven What's minutes this? and a half. We're no <laughs> longer talking about hard dicks and dick pills. Send that. We'll send that bit to Blue Chew for the sponsorship. <laughs> that will carry on. So, did you actually, uh, outside of, well, clearly Double or Nothing is something we all enjoyed and you enjoyed in person. Did you do anything when you first got into town non-wrestling related or was it immediately like StarCast and all that bullshit? 
Uh, actually, I did not make it to Starcast the entire time. Ooh. I uh, I had some different friends in Vegas I wanted to see. Mm-hmm. I mean, I wanted to catch Starcast, but you know, as far as what I heard, everything cool. You had to pay, get a wristband, and That's, you know, I just generally I the way these got, things work, it, they they want money for providing. But the also, entertainment some service. people who have wristbands sometimes. I heard that some people got like turned away, like they weren't accepting wristbands at some points because she got fucked up. So even sometimes people with wristbands didn't get into the building. Yeah, you know, I I definitely wanted to check it out, and I was I was thinking about it. Um, I'll tell you the the cool thing that started my trip, but it it is wrestling related. Um, I get to the airport, you know, kind of early. I think I was flying out at I don't know nine thirty or nine forty five or so. Flight gets delayed an hour. I'm walking around. I notice there's probably eight or ten different people in wrestling shirts, talking to a couple guys. They live in Denver, whatever. Then I uh, walk down, hit the restroom, and as I'm walking back, I see this other guy uh, with what I thought was a wrestling revolver shirt. And uh, I just sit down next to him, kind of waiting to board. And I say, hey, uh, you going for the sh-? said, you going for the wrestling shows, too? And he goes, uh, kind of. And I think we all know what that means. It might be a wrestling. So I'm like looking at him and I'm like, I don't I don't recognize this guy. There's no shows that were in town this week. And I don't recognize him from the locals. And uh, I don't know why I didn't recognize him because I actually start talking to him and I mentioned the Lucha Libre and Laugh show, and he says, oh, yeah, I was supposed to work that last year, but uh, my flight got canceled. And then I remembered who that person might have been, and I uh, asked him to repeat his name because I just didn't catch it the first time, and it was it was Matt Cross. And, oh, my uh, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> Son so, like, of and, Havoc and, himself. Yeah, you know, and, and I was like, oh, man, sorry. I just, like, didn't recognize you because I had no idea. What are you doing in Denver? I was like, I didn't hear you. He's like, oh, we just got to lay over. Uh, but he had mentioned that, uh, first off, he wanted me to apologize to Nick up and down and let him know he, he's not a prick and that his flight did get canceled. And he was really worried that, you know, Nick might have thought that he got booked for something better or something. And he was just a yeah. really nice guy. Uh, I did realize, and just a quick plug for him, that it did not say wrestling revolver on the shirt. It said wrestling forever, which is uh, his that's brand. That's his gimmick, right? Yeah. 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 yeah that, that's his brand. And that was a, a new shirt. And I'm pretty sure the picture he had post he posted a picture that morning on his website or on his Twitter advertising that shirt. And I'm pretty sure it was taken at the airport. You're so like, uh, well, I yeah. met the hipster goofball. I'm not sure who he is. Oh shit, it's Matt Cross Legend. All right, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you know, I, I kind of you know just kind of laughed when he said it. I was like, oh man, I'm sorry. I've never seen you up close or anything. And half the time I've seen you, you had a mask on. So nice, nice talk. Really, really nice. You have close just from outside your window. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly what I said. He loved it. That's good. Uh, yeah, but he said he was uh, flying in because he was he was talking to his buddy about the suburban fight and not knowing exactly who was on the card. So uh, I mentioned the the couple matches that I'd heard, and I said, and and somebody's wrestling Chris Bay, and he's like, yeah, I'm wrestling Chris Bay, and so I was like, oh, okay, cool. So we're starting to talk a while, and, and we're actually having, I mean, lots of good conversation just about, you know, anything and everything, a lot of it being wrestling, but, uh, you know, just kind of shooting the shit, really. Nothing, you know, I'm not, like, asking about his career or anything. And then, uh, so we, we take the flight, and after I get off the flight, uh, he and I both exit the airplane around the same time. His buddy's gone, and we're both trying to navigate to, uh, you know, the bag check or uh, baggage claim, and then uh, we, you know, end up basically taking a tour of the restroom and then trying to find the Uber pickup together. So he and I walked around for probably about 30 minutes, just kind of you know talking and, and whatever. And, uh, you know, he said, if I, 
made it out to Starcast or Suburban Fights, make sure to say hi and uh, everything like that. So really, really nice guy. Uh, extremely nice guy. Uh, I've heard you know, that from multiple happy. sources. M Dog Twenty. Great yeah, guy. yeah. What was that? M Dog Twenty is just a great guy. I've heard this from quite pretty much everyone that Dog. ever meets him. Yeah, yeah. He was he was super nice. I mean, you know, I mean, like I said, we we're just having everyday normal conversation, but I didn't figure he wanted to keep going past five minutes or anything. And you know, as we realized we kept going the same places, he was like, "Well, you know, hey, we're gonna find all these places together, man. Like, let's just keep keep walking around." And, uh, so yeah, that was, I mean, that was just the first nice way to really kick it off is I would, I wouldn't even expect him to, you know, see a, a wrestler flying out of Denver or anything. Uh, but actually one of the guys that got his big break, uh, from Lucha Libre and laughs and another Denver wrestling company, he's now working at championship wrestling in Hollywood. Uh, Jeremy, you might know him cause I think he's done some defy work as well. It's Royce Isaac. Oh and yeah, for he, sure. Yeah. He, he's a great guy too, man. He was at, uh, he wrestled at that uh, Black Craft show after spring break, and I was trying to meet up with him. We didn't get a chance. African American craft. African American craft. <laughs> African American craft. Um, yes. Yeah, so, so uh, you know, Royce was on the show, and we were talking. He knows Royce too, and everything like that. And uh, yeah, so that was just the worst thing that happened. I ended up going to my hotel, just kind of you know relaxing and getting cleaned up for a while. And uh, yeah, no, I, I said. Yeah. I wish yeah. podcasts like you could just drop in audio and people didn't realize he said something and they keep talking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I was jerking off, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Go on. Go on. Mm -hmm. Then after I finished, I uh, ate some hot wings. Did not wash. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I mean, that it was it was a good way to start it. And then uh, you know I got to town, and so Friday was I, I mostly hung around with some some of the friends that I had in Vegas. So Friday was Fight Capital Pro. And as far as I was aware, it, the show started at 11. Turns out doors were at 11. Hmm. Uh, but it was on Fremont Street, which if you guys have ever been to Vegas, it's uh, you know kind of like where all the cheaper casinos are. I love Fremont. And uh, you know it's, it's kind of like old Vegas. So you can still find you know $5 table minimums on the weekend, $30 rooms, things like that. So nice. it's a really good place. Uh, also... Matt had informed me that he was in town for Punk Rock Bowling, which is a punk rock uh, festival that was three days, multiple bars. Uh, Did like bowling? Rancid, the festivals. Yeah, Punk Rock Bowling was the name of it. But so did you, I don't think did there was you bowl any bowl during the punk rock? I don't, I, I don't know. I think it was just concerts. Um, but it was also on Fremont, too. Because when I was trying to find the wrestling ring that was outside on Fremont, uh, which was great. The, the, I mean, the venue was great. You know, you're under the stars and there's all these crazy lights around and you're not like cooped up inside. It was great weather. It was great. Uh, but when I was walking around, I had the idea uh, with my friends, hey, let's just try to find some wrestling fans and follow them. Well, wrestling fans and punk rock fans look very, very, very similar. And um, it was shirts. just a big old cluster. Yep, yep. Black shirts and, you know, studded jean denim vest jacket things and whatever. Uh so it was really good. You know, we get to the show and first off, I, you know, give want to give a shout out to all the PWG friends that we've all kind of made over the years. They showed up in force. I should have said we because, uh, you know, we're all in it by now. Uh, there are probably 60 of us and most of them came from L.A., but a lot of people, you know, kind of come from, you know, just different places all over. Saw my, the very first friend I ever made at PWG, Ali, was the first person I met up with and 
everybody else just started trickling in. I saw I saw Hollywood Josh. I saw I saw Big Josh. I I, I saw Norm. I mean, I saw I saw everybody. Everybody was there. Uh, and what was really really funny? So this this ticket was twenty five bucks for a general admission seat, uh, unless you paid forty five for a front row. Well, we get there, all the chairs are out. You know, I kind of I get my I just set like my stuff down at a second or like a, a drink down at the second row seat. And then they start bringing out all these kind of sleazy velvet Vegas couches. And those Ooh. are going to be the new front row. So, so we all just shift up a row and you know, we, we've, it's like an open bar. So we, we've got, we've got like two hours before the show starts and we're all just kind of hanging out and like stand, we're like sitting on the ring and doing different things like that. And you could tell that all these people that you know we're just showing up with a couple people whatever we're getting kind of irritated as like like who the hell are these guys and you know different people would like like set in my seat and i'd be like hey man that's my seat and they'd be like well i don't i don't see you in it and 60 people would just stop what they were doing and stare at this guy until he got up nice. so it was really kind of cool or like or like one person would kind of near the front of the drink line and they'd been in line for drinks for like 30 minutes and then like 15 of us would just roll over and stand by him and you could tell that like everybody hated us because nobody knew who we were. All I knew is we were like sixty or eighty people deep at a wrestling show. Nobody wanted to fuck with us. So that was kind of cool. A gang. Uh, you, you're telling me you basically had a, a wrestling gang. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it, it was a traveling wrestling gang. Yeah. It was MDK. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> murder death. Yeah. yeah. Did, did you do much was, of the uh, murder death killing? The M in this one sounds for marking. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we, we, we all just kind of like hung out and caught up and everything and you know after the show was over we all took the, the group picture that we always do um but it but it was great and now i could not find these results posted anywhere so i'll kind of tell you how this went down so we're just going from the, your fuzzy recollections is that right uh actually i was i was very sober all weekend um oh. i've really tried to cut I've, I've tried to pull a jeremy and cut back on drinking i haven't drank in like 25 days. And I'm the opposite. Drinking. I've, I've, I've I'm been... three beers deep. <laughs> I was yeah. going to say, I've been picking it's this up for the both of you. I, I drank a lot last night. I've decided what's, what's not that? to drink during the week, <laughs> but during... Like, Sorry, you know, if you've been drinking, I start drinking. If I quit drinking, you start drinking. I mean, you know, there's yeah. alcohol has to be consumed in the world. It's basically know. a baton alcohol race. Alcohol is a great thing. Yeah, it's lovely. <laughs> Here's the thing. I, I, I don't drink as frequently as I did before. I do drink on the weekends, but during the week I don't drink except for I like to drink on a podcast night because it helps me, you know, loosen up a little bit. The anxiety fades away and we just have a good old Lubricates the cockles. You got it, buddy. Yeah. Zing. But anyway, carry on, Jonathan. Everyone hates you guys. Yeah, I mean, you know, and the people that started sitting around us, like, they all kind of realized we knew each other and they, these guys, these was a, a girl and guy from England. They were just in town of Vegas and the guy had watched wrestling way back in the day and just kind of heard that there was a show. The girl had never watched anything. And, you know, I was like constantly, you know, like wiggling back through to go to my seat and like, you know, getting back up and everything like that. So after a while I just, you know, said, Hey, you're sitting by us. Like, you know, what's your name? And, and then they started talking and kind of got their background and they were like, who, who are you guys? Like, who's this massive group of people? So we basically just like kind of brought them into the crew, and uh, you know they're nice people. They they didn't know what they were watching. Now before the show, just so you know, like kind of what the card was. It was a tag team tournament with four teams, 
And then the... So what's uh, the group to start with? Like, because I saw this show announced and I didn't really know that... Is it, is it like an ongoing kind of a, a fed that's based in, in Vegas or is this more of a one-off it, type of show? So, um, I, I think they've only had one or two shows. I heard a rumor that it was Teddy Hart's promotion, but I have not found anything to back that up. Plus, I I met who I thought was the promoter. Uh, this It just seemed like... I mean, I, I hope he doesn't listen to me. Seemed like kind of a dipshit. And um, what I did see was so the Samoan dynasty was happening. And the Samoan dynasty, like, I mean, the whole family was there. They were like grabbing this guy by his collar, like before the shirt or before the show by the merch table. And they were arguing about what I assumed was how much they were getting paid. And from what I heard from one of the PWG guys, they didn't want to go on. And one of the guys had to grease the wheels a little bit and uh, give them some extra money just so they'd kind of like chill out and put on a good show. Now, all I know is, that, I mean, this dude looked like he's about to get his ass kicked. So that was going on. Nobody could really just figure out what the hell was going on. Like all we saw was that they were like screaming at each other. And this guy was looking terrified and, you know, Fatu got in his face and, uh, it was it was just not great. So well, to be fair, from a wrestling back, perspective, if this uh, promoter, in theory, hasn't done is in you know his first handful of shows, uh, and perhaps, as you said, is a bit of a dipshit, uh, there can be certain <laughs> things that a promoter, a, a green promoter, does that alleged pisses dip- off alleged talent. I mean, I remember from my wrestling days, I it was one wrestling promoter actually had to grab uh, by the scruff of his neck and dragged to an ATM and called him against the ATM till he got out my payday. In theory, I may have robbed him on that, that night, but to me, I felt <laughs> justified. <laughs> my, my good friend Chris robbing a guy. Yeah. No, I Were fucking you hate wrestling promoters. Um, I think it was after the show, so I probably still had, okay, like, eyeliner and shit theater. on. Don't still had... Oh. Yeah. <laughs> When you see, have you seen the picture of Chris and his gimmick, uh, John? From back in the day on his face, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, you're like, wow, that's that same guy. Can't believe it. (laughs) Wow, it looks a lot scarier. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, carry on. Anyway, continue. Yeah, so I'm trying to remember exactly who was all going to be on the card, but it was basically there were going to be four tag team matches. and, And then. The, the final round was going to be a four-way elimination. Uh, there was Heart Foundation. There was, I think it was Chris Bay and Human Tornado, but I might be oh, getting shit. things mixed Human up. Human Tornado was on this show? Human Tornado was there, yeah. Amazing. Um, I love me some Human was, Tornado. Uh, I really hope for your sake you didn't get anybody confused because it couldn't be a racial situation. <laughs> be embarrassing for you. No, I just don't know if Chris Bay and Human just, Tornado were Don't worry about it. I'm just uh, fucking with you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, the teams are kind of getting mixed up right now, but uh, let's see. Marty the Moth, uh, Nick Gage and Jimmy Lloyd were a team. Hell uh, yeah. Evans teamed with, oh God, I forgot. Uh, but yeah, Jack Evans was there. It was, so I mean, it was a, it was a decent card, but That's from great. what we could tell before the show started, it was just going to be an absolute shit show. Wait, was and, that all with and, uh, Cool Dad Chris Ross on it? I don't think so. Or might he, be. Was like, he was tagging with Jimmy Lloyd on something. No, no, Nick Gage tagged with Jimmy Lloyd. Oh, okay, never mind, sorry. Yeah, which was kind of weird to see because you know, normally they're like beating the ever-living shit out of each other. 
Uh, so yeah. So anyways, it opens up and, uh, Joey Janela comes out, he gets in the ring, he's shit faced and he's just like, I have no idea what I'm doing here. They asked me to get in, in the ring and fire you guys up drunk as shit. And then he's like, guess what, everybody? We got the D's nuts guy here from the, from the D's nuts, uh, meme. And, uh, which for anybody that doesn't know, it's, uh, a, a short kind of underdeveloped, uh, I'm 90% sure, uh, mentally challenged, uh, little guy. And, uh, he had, he had like a, a front row seat on the couch next to my, next to my friend. And so he's like, D's nuts guy, get the ring. And so he gets the ring and everybody starts chanting D's nuts, D's nuts. And you can tell that he's like a Vegas personality by this point, you know, kind of like that's all he has to go off of. And he's literally wearing a D's nuts.com t-shirt. That's all it says. It's a black shirt, with white writing. It says D's he's nuts. He's also got, got him. Yeah. That's his other thing. Yeah. Got him. That's yeah, well, he he didn't he didn't say that this time. All he kept saying, so well, Joey's like, he's he's just you know he's just drunk, kind of rambling, just you know partying Joey and like getting everybody my fired up. Joey, by the way, he he was great at it. He was great at it. Well, this guy is like, hey, and he starts like talking in his ear, and so we don't know what he's saying. But like two minutes later, you could tell that like Joey's like, why did I bring this guy in the ring? And he's like, I don't know what this guy is trying to tell me to do. I really can't understand him. So he puts the mic in his face. And he's like, oh, I just want you to tell everybody to chant D's nuts. And he's like, we've been doing that the whole time, man. So he finally, he's like, finally, he's like, get out of the ring. Just get out of the ring. So he, he goes to the corner of the ring. And he hasn't gotten out yet. And Joey runs at him like he's about to like just launch on him. And the guy like cowers. And then he's like, oh, I'm just fucking with you, man. <laughs> no, the guy gets Get out of the, the ring. Get the fuck out of the ring, D's nuts. Couch. What are you doing? We have a you show to start. You told me that Joey Janela picked on the disabled? <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. You could, I mean, you could tell how scared he got. He was like, he like, he like apologized to him and phone everybody. Uh, now, before before all this happened, before the show started, there were these two guys. I assume they're local workers. They were dressed like little gay cops. Like, think, think like a Lieutenant Dangle type of thing with like, short denim shorts and whatever and they were walking around with super soakers full of tequila and they were blasting people in the face which was going all over the place because if you've ever shot a super soaker it's not exactly like a perfect stream it's kind of like when you pee after sex it's going all over the place <laughs> so those guys get in the ring and joey, joey takes a shot and everything like that and you know they're like yeah, i thought we dropped the cock talk segment the cock talk was <laughs> over john oh man well you, know, you can never get enough cock on this show so never uh <laughs> it's so like and, and there was like a band before i mean it was it was like a good little like variety show setup um and we all thought it was gonna be really bad and so anyways joey gets out of the ring the matches start uh and it's these cops versus the samoan dynasty and it's like just a quick squash and then uh you know more matches and more matches so nick gage and jimmy lloyd get beat by I think it was uh, the Jack Evans team. Not quite sure. And so they get beat, and I'm like, whoa, but not what I was expecting. Well, Nick Gage starts beating the shit out of Jimmy Lloyd and goes, we don't do this pussy-ass tag team bullshit. Jimmy Lloyd, I want a death match with you tonight. And we're all like, <laughs> whoa, what the fuck? It's great. Like, fire it up. Dude, we, like, we are all just, like, in the arms. I mean, we are, like, jumping up and down. Like, nobody said we were going to death match. Like, this, this is going to be great. And that ended up being the main event. 
Yeah, I saw a so, thing on Twitter about this. It was like, it's like 3 a.m. and there's a death match going on. I think that was from Hollywood Josh, actually. And I was like, that sounds uh, fucking amazing. It, so, this, you know, like I said, we, we were really kind of writing this show off in our heads. And uh, I, I will tell you, by the time it was all said and done, like, it, it, it was like on par with Spring Break. I, 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 I might have, and I, I don't know for sure, but I think I actually had more fun at that show than Double or Nothing. I think Double or Nothing was a better show, but like this show was just like, I mean, it, it's kind of like when you go to all the shows Mania Week and the clusterfuck that is Spring Break is is your favorite show all weekend, right? Like, yeah, it's not yeah, because yeah. Like comparing that I, to like an actual legitimately amazing show like the Madison Square Garden show, you're like that that was a better show, but I had more fun at the clusterfuck. Exactly, exactly, yeah. and I and man, I mean, I and a lot of us were saying that, like, like how is Double or Nothing going to follow this? Like, we all thought the show was going to be shit. Uh, props to the Heart Foundation. So nobody was really wrestling too hard because one, it was outside on cement. You know, there's a ring, but it was outside on cement. But you can also tell that like they they kind of knew they didn't have to work hard. It was it was a party show, you know, and and all they had to do was be their characters and whatever. Well. You know, Teddy Hart yeah, never shows Teddy up. Teddy don't never. fuck like that. Hey, <laughs> so he does like a Canadian destroyer, and everybody freaks out. And then he hooks up some sort of like double Canadian destroyer, where he like flips two people somehow. Yeah, I've seen, that's his gets, um his his Road Warriors style one, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah. So so, good. and then he gets on. He gets like I forgot like got on the turnbuckle or got on the heavy boy's like shoulders, but he did like an avalanche Canadian destroyer. Yeah, yeah, and he did them all. Is what I was thinking of doomsday style Canadian destroyer. It's one of the most insane things ever. Yeah, I remember uh, Jeremy and I saw him do that at the MLW show, and I've seen it a few times since. And it's just such a nuts looking move. It's it's so rad. I mean, like, like it was it was not this great rig. Dude, I saw uh, so a crazy I mean, ass. Hang on, hang on. I want to interrupt real quick, just real quick. I saw a crazy ass move just the other day. It was a doomsday, like lung blower, but to the chest. Like the guy jumped on the guy with his knees to his chest, and they rolled and ended up landing where the guy. It's hard to describe, but it's like the craziest <laughs> shit I ever seen. And I honestly don't understand why the guy giving the move would want to take a back bump like that. But hey, whatever. Um, <laughs> moves are getting fucking bananas, banana yeah, nuts, keep, and keep the Canadian destroyer, destroyer. What the hell? I think Teddy's going to win like move of the of the year for that one. Honestly, I don't think yeah. anyone's topping the the Doomsday Canadian at this stage. <laughs> yeah, there's no touching it. Yeah, it was great. I mean, and you could tell because there were a lot of people that like had. There were just people that just like showed up because they were in Vegas, you know. Yeah, and they were like, "What the fuck is this? What wrestling looks like these days?" Like the people <laughs> sitting to my right, like, dude, I, I don't know who any of these people are, and like, this is this is great. And they and one of my friends turns to that guy's girlfriend and goes, "You don't know how lucky you are that this is your first wrestling show. Like, we've seen a lot of indie shows. Some of them are good, and a lot of them are bad. And this show, we all thought was gonna be bad, and it is great." I mean, like, dude, we were just going nuts. And, the, and like, those couches, you know, they were, like, flying off and, like, landing in people's laps on the couches. The D's Nuts guy kept getting up and trying to talk to the wrestlers during all the matches. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and you get, to, 
like like they would they would be like smiling and kind of like playing it off and being like like nobody kind of knew what Joey had experienced because they were in the back or whatever. So like he would come up and they'd be like, oh, it's these nuts guy, and like he'd start talking to him, and then like you could see their face kind of click of like, how do I get out of this conversation? Um, <laughs> just, like like trying to get out of the ring and like go to the back and everything like that. So I mean, dude, it was an awesome show, and I mean, and then the death match, death match, always good. Um, it wasn't nearly as as brutal as the night one spring break, but there were light well, tubes. There were the amount of like death matches that you see that are to that level, like you can count on one hand. That was that was fucking a ridiculously insane standard. Yeah, yeah. And also, that... I, I watching that back with Jimmy Lloyd. I talked about that spot where he grabbed his throat. Yeah, after so the good. Censorship. But now I realize. He legitimately was grabbing his throat because he thought he got stabbed in the throat. He wasn't selling. Like, if you look at the look on his face, he's like, oh, my God, I think the scissors punctured my jugular with the look on his face. Thank God it didn't actually happen. But, yeah, initially I was like, well, that's a little bit much. But then I realized it was a actual human reaction. Yeah. 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 yeah I mean, he literally pulled the scissors out of his neck. He was kind of like a. But he thought that it actually had like stabbed him in. Like if you watch it back, like he like it pulls out of his throat. Then he looks at his hand and looks Caesar blood on him and like grabs back to his throat like immediately, like a an immediate jerk reaction. Like the guy thought he got stabbed in the fucking throat. (laughs) Oh yeah, man. And you know, I talked to Jimmy Lloyd for a minute at uh, in intermission, and I told him too. I was like, you know, I've only just barely begun to even like know who you are i'm like i i have seen well i i just like i i, I was like really starting to get into like G- i just like i've just recently started to get into gcw and stuff and like oh, you know okay. that the northeastern <laughs> wrestling pocket but but you know i'd seen a couple of your matches and, and like I the idea you that you're today. talking to jimmy lloyd and basically like jimmy lloyd i don't know who the fuck you are <laughs> But I appreciate your like, A year ago, I didn't, and like I've just seen some really, really cool shit from you, and I'm really excited for this death match tonight, man. Like, like just uh, like I saw Spring Break, and that was that was the most insane thing I've ever seen. And dude, he was just beaming. He was like, "Yeah, man, like that's how I, that's how I make my money. That's what people want to see." And uh, he was like, "I'm so excited. Like, I love wrestling. I love getting the shit beat out of me by Nick Gage." Is literally what he said amazing and uh yeah he, he's like he's done so much for my career and like i i feel like i can take anything and make him look like a million bucks and i mean that's that's what he was telling me it was just like like who else can go in there and be truly murdered by nick gage and make him look as good as i do and i was like man i don't think anybody like it was great i mean jimmy's and, great uh, like he does the deathmatch stuff but he, he can also actually work too like i've seen him have like just rad matches with like teddy hart and shit like just actual really awesome like non-deathmatch shit like he's he's versatile yeah it's really easy to underestimate him based on look like it's you want to underestimate the guy and assume like yeah he's he's a trash bag fucking deathmatch guy but yeah dude can fucking put a story in there. i think that's what i really like about the gcw deathmatches is it's not violence with nothing else like they're they actually incorporate solid wrestling and solid deathmatch spots into it and and I think those death matches are, are very different than if you watch like old school CCW or something. Unless you're watching like Marcus Crane, in which case you get exactly what you're expecting with death match. Yeah. <laughs> Marcus Crane and Schlack. <laughs> I love it though. Yeah. Well, don't get me wrong. It was an awesome show. I mean, I, I think everybody was 
super surprised. They had this referee named Pizza Tie, aptly named because he was wearing a pepperoni pizza tie. And they'd be like, the referee calling action, your official is Pizza Tie. And so we would all just be fucking around with him and be like, fuck you, Pizza Tie, and like flip him off. And he would just be like smiling and laughing and flip us off back. And he'd just be kind of giggling. John. John is falling underwater. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. He back. Um, like all, all four teams just put all their finishers on Pizza Tie, and he laid down. Basically, after all of his ref bumps, he didn't. He like laid it in the corner of the ring on his side for that move. What are you Probably doing? Was, I mean, bobbing for apples, John. Can you not hear me? <laughs> you keep you sounding keep going like, in and out dramatically. Yeah, like you're going underwater or something. Oh, that's what you meant when you said that. Okay, I just kind of laughed. Just rolling with the punches. Just rolling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, Pizza Tie ate shit and uh, <laughs> and got up by everybody and, and just laid there fake unconscious for about 15 minutes. Teddy Hart cut, obviously, a, a million-dollar promo on how much he loves the fans after. Uh, but the mic was bad, and you couldn't hear any of it. Did you hear him say, so, God bless you? Here I'll be. I'll do. I just want to let you guys know that it's it's you guys right here that make this thing all worth it, man. <laughs> oh, we fucking love you guys. The guys in the back, man, they really respect so you. You respect them. You know, <laughs> we're all here for a common purpose, man. You know, we're all fans of wrestling, pro wrestling. It's the greatest. My uncle Brett. He did say, and like, thank you to Duck Fox and thank you to Cody because we're all here for this. And this is our livelihood. This is how we earn our living. We we bust our asses and we bleed for you and we sweat for you and you guys traveling. You know, I was about to get those cliches. Like, uh, <laughs> no, no, you, you you nailed the other seventy five percent of it. Yeah, fucking amazing. Uh, yeah, if I wasn't in the second row, I wouldn't have been able to hear what he was saying because the the mic was all super staticky. But I mean, he, he was, you know, he caught a million dollar promo, man, and and that was great. So when I it was all said, get and sick then, of the Teddy Hart promo. I could listen to that same promo like a hundred times, and I'll never get sick of it. Oh, oh no. it's, great. it's like, like, yeah, everything you hear about the guy is that he's a piece of shit. But every interaction I've ever had with the guy, every match I've ever seen, and every not an underage girl makes me think that he's <laughs> a great guy. <laughs> And, you know, and it's funny because, you know, he, he like remembers me by this point. He was like, hey, where's your girlfriend that wants to hold my cat? And I was like, yeah, she's not here. Yeah, I'm not um, touching my like, cat no more. Yeah, all right. Like, <laughs> Zing. Uh, hey, yo. <laughs> he was like, weren't you the guy that when I was drunk at the green room, well, I mean, yeah, I kept asking you to find me weed. And I kept forgetting that you're not actually in Denver and you're in the same city I'm in and we don't know anybody. And I was like, yeah, that's me. He's like, did you ever find any weed that night? And I was like, no. Do you have any weed tonight? No. <laughs> She's like, oh, it's too bad, man. I would have smoked with you if you did. And I was like, okay. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> I love that offer. Like, oh, bro, bummer. I totally would have got weed. stoned on your weed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, Dad. Yeah, it's amazing. But uh, so, great. I mean, great show. Um, it, it got over at like three in the morning. So kind of just went back and went to bed and then slept in and pretty much woke up, got ready, went to In-N-Out Burger, and then went to All-In or Double or Nothing. Nice. 
And so you didn't uh, do any of the uh, around it stuff. Did you see sort of much of the goings on at, at Starcast, like just the people all lining up and shit? I watched a video, uh, I think the last episode of um, the Being the Elite, and they had a bit of a recap, and they showed like the lines and, and shit. It, it looked bananas. It looked like just crazy uh, big. I, I mean, I heard some of the stuff didn't quite go uh, to plan. And I, I feel honestly like bad more for Conrad because a lot of the cancellations were really out of his hands. But it still sounded like they made the best of it. I mean, Ric Flair obviously had to cancel, but that's a health condition. I don't know what happened with Jericho, but I would like to think he had his reasons. I'd like to think you just decided to do it, not do it as heel shtick. Just like, you know what? It was like Fuck heel. these fans. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of what I was thinking. I was like, I mean, that's that's pretty fucking heel. Yeah. Um, Fuck Jericho. Yeah, I, mean, I hate makeup. the shtick he's doing, man. I honestly, I like that he wants to play heel and like do this kayfabe thing, but it's, it's too much. He's like going way over the top on something where we know you're a key player in this shit, dude. Like. Yeah. No way, man. No, I love it. I Come think it's on. amazing. I think his his gimmick of like you know making the fans thank him. He's the one that's done all this work and, and like no, bringing like, it I back like to part. heel promos. Like I think him it's trying great. to bury everybody else is. Just, I don't know, man. I dig it. I, I dig I the, this. You know, the scary, few people. The few people that actually maintain kayfabe in in this era where everyone are you know bullshit on on Twitter, like you know. Revealing the business, I, I would be I, more cool if he was doing a gimmick where he thought he was better than the company. Not that he's not worthy of being like he's playing off like he shouldn't even be part of the company. And that's just well, if you don't think you should be part of that company, then get I, out. Of I it. never got that vibe. I think it's more like he's he's the entire reason this company is having the success it, it's had. He's the entire reason yeah. for their TV deal. He's the entire reason for. Um, for the the he should sellouts. Add that part up more. Well, Obviously, that's what I've heard in every he promo he's done. All he's attacking everybody. He doesn't need to attack everybody. I don't. You know, I I, I Sorry, saw it. I thought it was just kind of like everybody is here for Kenny Omega, but they should be here for me, and they yeah. were wrestling each other. That, that's kind of the way I saw it. Like I'm the Fuck reason this sold out. I'm out of here. Podcast <laughs> over. <laughs> Jeremy's done. Right. <laughs> I um, yeah, but it, and, I, uh, there was there was this massive line to get in for double or nothing. I know one of my friends, uh, we were gambling, and one of my friends went to go get in the line, and we were just going to meet up, and uh, they walked. Basically, they had to walk in line for 15 minutes just to find the back of the line. Like it went through the pool, it wow. went all the way through the casino, through the pool, and then like like half a mile away. Um, and then, so when the doors open, we were trying to walk to find them and we just found a door that had just opened and we walked in in five minutes. So, I mean, like we didn't even wait, like, like I, yeah, I mean, I was literally by the point where I, I found that I was searched by security five minutes later. And you didn't miss any so of that the was good. No, I didn't miss any of it. And, and neither did my friend. I mean, we just kind of told him where to go and, and they just met up with us. Um, Set with my buddy Nick, the guy that runs Loops Libre and Laughs. That was good. We had a good time. There was this annoying guy behind me, and I don't think it was the guy that's gotten blown up today on Twitter or yesterday, but there was this guy behind me Not that kept yelling. Not the guy that pooped that, his pants? Uh, huh? Not the guy that pooped his pants? Did you hear about that? Admit it. <laughs> John, shut up. Chris, go on. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> 
No, yes. there, it was a whole Reddit thing, like about the, <laughs> this, this, these people that were like, we had the best time at the show. Is excellent, except for this guy that clearly shit himself and just sat in his seat the entire time, didn't go clean himself up, just like sat there the entire show uh, <laughs> while everyone around him just so fucking grossed out and like people would just like started leaving and like trying to go see watch the show through other parts of the venue. It was Duke Duke McIntyre. Oh. You're gonna have to link me to that post. Where the poop puns? Bring the poop puns, guys. <laughs> so John, I hope you consider yourself lucky with whatever fan issues you had nearby. At least you weren't putting up with pooped pants. Yeah, the only thing I dealt with was there was a guy behind me that kept yelling during uh, the Nyla Rose segment, uh, that's a dude! Get her out of the ring! That's a dude! And like we all just kind of told him to shut up, and he did. It was not the guy that got banned by the Bucks from any future AEW shows, um, which I don't know. Did you guys hear about that? I saw one person on um, Twitter that was like making a dick of himself, being like, I thought this show was for everybody. I call oh, this yeah, chick a tranny, like... and then I get kicked, and then people tell me to leave. Like, fuck that. And he was just making a big yeah, dick that, of himself. Yeah, that Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't that guy. This guy actually, um, as soon as I said that, uh, you know, as soon as we were all just like, yo, just, that's not, a pr-. like, we all know Nyla Rose is trans. Like, if you're not contributing anything, just shut up. He did. You know, when he realized that everybody around him felt that way, he was like, oh, okay, I was just trying to be funny. And we were like, yeah, it's not funny. He's like, okay, I'm sorry. And then he was good company. That like good. That. That's a fantastic honestly... resolution. That's like the best yeah. way that possibly could have gone. I'm really yeah, proud of him. I mean, like somebody <laughs> said it to him and he was like, oh, come on, bro. And then like we all just kind of like, we're just like, no, just stop. Like, like we're, we weren't like yelling or anything. It was just like, that's just not even funny, man. Like, like I'm totally cool if you want to yell Kenny during the Kenny match, like, like that's fine. But like, you know, like the whole point is she's the first major like signing of like a trans person, and if you're trans in a technical sense, you know, you're you're now a she by all senses except for you know like just the way you were born, right? So like, you know, that's the way you identify, and that's the bathroom you can use now except for in North Carolina. And you know everything like that. So he was just yelling, yeah. "Tranny." He was. No, I was just like, "This is not fair. That's a dude." It's you know, a fucking it's like, work. Like, it's a competitive yeah, sport. Yeah, exactly. Like, like it's it's not. It's, it's not, not fair because one of the because the booker told one of them you're gonna win. That's why it's not fair. <laughs> Everyone is outnumbered because the one person was told specifically they were winning. <laughs> I yeah. heard this this professional wrestling isn't on the level. I'm outraged. <laughs> yeah, just imagine that. This is not fair. That one guy is clearly going to win because the boss said so. Yeah. This is not a fair fight. She was born a dude. She's bigger. Like, come on. No, it's not a fair fight because one person is told the resolution yeah. is them winning. Yeah, I mean, I get the argument if we're talking like, hey, you know, mixed down. martial Boxing arts. But... or MMA yeah. or yeah, an yeah. actual athletic competition. Yeah, that's like going to a Cirque du Soleil show and being like, that's that's outrageous. Unfair competition. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but why are they? Why are these acrobats expected to perform the same level as those other acrobats? Clearly, more natural <laughs> testosterone. <Boo. laughs> uh, 
but, honestly, uh, I, I hate. It. There's like a clear line where we're we're treading as wrestling fans, where we both have to be like accepting, but also you know people want to worry about suspension of disbelief. But we're talking about the same thing where everyone loves the Undertaker. Like, come on, guys, it's it's just a show. We don't have to worry about whether or not this is a legitimate fair level. Otherwise, it would be a direct weight class where everyone weighed the exact same thing, and we then we measured each other's genitals and made sure the exact same genitals are matching up. That's the most important. Part yeah, as right opposed there. to junior heavyweight just Shut being up, a sorry. less experienced. <laughs> you know, like heavyweight just means you're actually better and you moved up, not that you're like necessarily over a certain weight class. Yeah, yeah. No, that's dumb. That is dumb to me. To me, I if know, you're going to say great. it's a heavyweight weight class, it's like it should have weight ramifications. Otherwise, don't even say it because that's what um, Tony Khan said about AEW. He said, we're not going to have weight classes uh, because of, of how stupid it is and people perceive, you know, a cruiserweight isn't as good as a heavyweight when in theory, you know, they, they should be the, the, the best, you know, pound for pound in their weight class and that's it full stop so I, yeah. I hate that shit where people are like oh it's heavyweight but it's not really mean anything and they can weigh whatever it just means they're better than the other guys like, fuck that shit yeah yeah I mean like what if Rey Mysterio never got a world championship because he was small you know like like that's that's not wrestling that's like UFC you know like <laughs> this is a work it's okay I do hate but, uh, with um yeah. like the idea because and it, it, you get it in a lot of wrestling these days where it's like you you have the suspension of disbelief and in that particular scenario john like that's obviously fucked up because that'd be like the equivalent of, of someone saying the n-word or whatever you know but generally i feel like that the sus- suspension of disbelief is what you want and then sometimes there's some fans that are like get caught up oh calm down bro it's just a work or whatever i've had people say that like i remember Bloodsport, I think the I first did it one. Earlier. Yeah, work. yeah, yeah. You fuck. But I mean, the first Bloodsport that we went to, uh, my buddy Ben and I were like really sort of getting into it, into the the suspension of disbelief and like you know booing the referee when they made a shitty call and stuff like that. And then this piece of shit behind us was like, guys, you do know it's fake. Well, like, excuse me, like this is the the reaction you're meant to have. During a wrestling show, you're meant to be suspending if your disbelief. If someone said that to me at a show, I would like, then what the fuck are you doing here, dude? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. If you're here because you're, I like to go watch fake fights, then that's a different thing. I like professional wrestling. <laughs> what an asshole, dude. Yeah, I think they were like friends of like some booker or something, and they were like being cool name dropping and all shit. And I think they may have been somehow friends of friends of uh Aubrey the girl Hebner um mm-hmm. something or other but they just got offended that I was basically shouting out that their their friend was doing a terrible job of refereeing um but still like <laughs> fucking be part of the show you douchebags like I, I hate that anyone that's like at a wrestling show and takes a bag oh you know it's fake or whatever it's like the fuck are you on sorry rant over <laughs> yeah I mean she just got up and left wait <laughs> what wait oh this is fake. I let me get my money back. I'm out of here. Yeah, yeah, I'm outraged. I'm not at a, a true sporting encounter. Bullshit. Uh, but but yes. uh, yeah, I mean, for all the fans. So John, go it. back about your party with the, all the ladies. Oh, we were not supposed to talk about that party. Continue <laughs> with your other story. <laughs> oh, that's, that's another phone call. From <laughs> uh, 
Carry on, sir. Yeah, Sorry. I mean, but everybody was pretty well behaved. You know, uh, there was there was one guy that that said some like shitty chant for just a second, and like nobody even really heard what it was. But everybody, everybody around me started chanting "fuck that guy," and then all the other people that couldn't hear what he said were like, "Who are we fucking? Who are we fucking?" <laughs> But good. like it, every It'd be each great of those if it chants, down to like people like need the clarification for what he said, and they start chanting that thing. He said this. <laughs> <laughs> this is how we communicate yeah, I mean, at wrestling shows, on. people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like everybody was pretty well behaved and and self policing, and and uh, yeah, I mean, it was it was it was that same type of feeling of like all in, where everybody was just kind of glad to be there and support it. Um, oh, you I don't know the one the, show... the one bit when I was watching that show, and I was like, "These, I thought these were going to be good, cool fans, but right now they're actually being really fucking trash bag pieces of shit, like ignorant douchebags." The part with the the debut, uh, and then the segment, like um, all all things said, the actual uh, run in attack at the end of the match, the way it was done, I thought it was pretty shitty. Uh, with the the Super Smash Brothers where they made their debut. And then mm. fucking douchebag fans, who are you? Like, just because nobody knew who they were, though. Like, but here's I mean, the thing. What I want, I did that did catch me because I am, and most all three of us are PWG loyalists. Like, we know about Super Smash Brothers, but they haven't been on the American indie scene in a minute, so I could see how they yeah, fall like out of favor. But still, and it's Stu like is not wearing. Hang on. Sorry, Stu's on. not wearing a mask, and Uno is got a whole different look going on. They have all these fucking guys, and then finally, PWG. When Trevor Lee debuted, everyone chanted "Who are you?" to him, and he within the same evening he got over super huge. So by the end of the segments, they weren't chanting "Who are you?" anymore. They're more like, "What the fuck is this?" with the big throne of motherfucking minions kept going out and like normally when the lights go out something really really big is going to happen and i understand the the fucking look of the minions throne and fucking uno with all those fucking dudes that's how much are those guys getting paid like they can't be getting paid much that's that's gotta be like an exorbitant amount all these guys are constantly touring with uno I think most of them would just yeah. be marking out to be allowed backstage at the show. To be fair, <laughs> yeah, like, are you on? Are you are you fat? Are you skinny fat and don't have any tattoos? We need you to wear a mask and come backstage. Yeah. Fucking it. I mean, I I did not recognize them until after when I just kind of got a screenshot of it and was like, oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, I heard that they were bringing in Super Smash Brothers. Yeah. But you like, did? I did. Uh, yeah. I mean, oh, I, I had heard... no idea that they were booked or they were signed. Uh, yeah. Well, I heard, I heard rumblings that they were going to be signed, but it hadn't been like formally announced. So I was after I kind of looked and dug through. I was like, oh, okay, this makes sense. But I had no idea who it was. And when the lights kept going out, man, we were expecting, you know, like God knows what, like something on the level of like Moxley or something, right? Mm. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, I thought the, the actual out, way it was done <laughs> was shitty. I just thought that the reaction of the fans, even if you don't know who it is, I feel like it's a very disrespectful and, and shitty thing to chant, who are you to a guy? Especially when you're meant to be a crowd that's like making the show better, not detracting from it. That's like a chant that I would expect from like piece of shit CZW fans in ECW Arena, you know? Yeah. I get, I, and I, get I that. definitely see that. Yeah, for sure. But I mean, I, I will Hive tell mind, you openly, Chris. Hive mind nobody had any idea. Like, I mean, 
like nobody around me. No, there was not a single person who was like, "Oh, that's Super Smash Brothers." Like every every single person, even the people that weren't chanting it, were just still like, "Who who, who are these guys?" But and at why the same the time, it's off? great. Think about this. It's it's great yeah. for them because they were just the gimmick was video games. Now they're like this weird cult with like and there's no preconcept. If they literally, let's say those people did forget who the fuck these guys are, all preconceived notions are fucking stripped away, and they can start fresh with this. Which yeah. honestly, I think is one of the cooler looking gimmicks with the fucking all the minions, man. That's a, I was just thinking on the indie circuit, getting all those guys to travel with you all times. All right, guys, uh, <laughs> yeah, we're all booked on this show. There's 20 of you, we're splitting 40 bucks. So I hope you guys understand no one's getting paid here. <laughs> yeah, it's for exposure. No, I mean, I'm uh, interested to see how it goes going forward, but on in the moment, yeah. I was like, that segment was a bit of a dud. Yeah, it was a bum, bummer. The only other one that I thought on the entire show that I felt like was just a real thumbs down segment where I'm like, this it shouldn't be on here was the librarian skit. What did you guys think about that? Yeah. Obnoxious. It made no sense. I mean, outside it, of, like, you know, yeah. discounting there the people that off. follow being the elite, you know, who, who know the librarian gimmick. But even, even if you know that, just the way it was done, it was, I don't know, just screamed like fake, phony, bad comedy I don't know. Wasn't a fan. Wasn't a fan. Yeah, it was, I mean, it was kind of weird. You know, I I was surprised that they didn't do anything like just quick back to the segment. Um, it did a little out of place. It just it just seemed a little out of place. But and but I think and one of the things I had to check my expectations because the whole show I kept finding myself trying to compare it to being at all in, and I was finding myself like until I checked myself like not being satisfied. Well, so, uh, so then, all said and have... done, this versus All In, I actually thought this was a better show than All In. What do you guys think? I think All In was a better show to be being live at both. I think All In just had this magic in the air, which Double or Nothing had some. But one of the things that I had to remind myself is All In was supposed to be this one-time-only contained thing. And, and it is. It is. It's not an ADEW show. This was a show where they are setting things up for the future. They were not trying to pull all their stops out. You know, for example, I was depressed that Jimmy Havoc and Joey Janela were both in the in the Battle Royal because I wanted to see them have a, a hardcore match together or something like that. But I had to remind myself that they have to have continuity and they have to they can't blow their wad all on one show, right? Like they have to to build and make you want to watch the next show. And I think that they when you when you remind yourself of that and when you separate the two shows as two entirely different, you know, companies, if you will. Um, you know, it, I, I had a, a very, very good time. Um, all in, I think was more fun to be at just because it was, um, it was wild, man. But th- this was, this was like a pay-per-view of a new company. Mm, I feel like it's this. almost like comparing the first one night stand to the second one night yes. stand. Yes. Right. Yeah, exactly. Where one was like a celebration and, you know, I guess this isn't necessarily the nostalgia element, but it's still just a celebration that, you know, we're fucking here and this moment and this is everything. Whereas the next one, it's like more setting things up for the future. You're right. Right. Uh, I see it like uh, All In was, you know, their opportunity to just, you know, be excess, you know, just go all out and do all kinds of yeah. cool things that don't matter, that don't necessarily need to have a payoff in the long run. And 100%, the new show, 
the new pay-per-view I think is a better show. Like yeah, in all, I thought they were like, better. As as... Like the best match on this show, which to me, uh, Dustin versus Cody, I didn't think there was anything on All In that could touch that match. Yep, and uh, with the, what they set up for the future, uh, if you came out of this show knowing that MGF, MJF, even if you didn't know him, this guy is clearly incredibly entertaining. It's set to be the future. Um, they made uh, Adam Page clearly. It's like uh, Barry Windham style, stone cold baby face that mm-hmm. you know you can easily get behind. So I, I think they set the the pace for the future. Plus. For the most part, I think all the matches were fucking great. Um, I I loved what they did with Jericho, like setting up Jericho and actually having him beat Kenny. I feel like that was the right decision, even though I think a lot of people were were maybe a little bit surprised by that. I think the finish was just sudden, which really shocked people. But that's the new move is meant to be kind of like a sudden sudden game ender. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. But the fucking... I even really... The Battle Royal, I thought, was one of the funnest and most entertaining battle royals i ever saw with the concept alone plus everyone got highlighted the only thing i would say kind of fucked up is some of the camera work missed some of the key spots of shit that was going on but outside of that i couldn't miss it or i couldn't catch all it was a little slow so there was so much going on and if Mm. you didn't know who the guys were them coming out at five at the time didn't necessarily let you know who they really were per se yeah yeah, I thought that probably wasn't. I, I like. I dug the concept when I first heard it, but then actually watching it in practice, I was like, "This isn't as good." Because like, it, it, you one of the best things about battle royals like that is when the guy comes out. Each each guy gets a bit yeah. of a spotlight, whereas this the guys aren't getting a spotlight because they're just in a, a group of other dudes. But I did like. I did like it. The guys, what kind of happened from it is like people fighting before they even got to the ring. Like say. Guy got his ass kicked on the outside before he made the ring. People might even forget he's in the match and he might show up at the end. Like, there's so much fun yeah. that mm. could actually come from the concept, but they really need it, especially when people are being introduced. Who the fuck are these guys? Like, focus on them. Yeah. Say, this is this motherfucker. This is this motherfucker. Like, uh, yeah. Mm. I, I, I was okay because, or you guys were okay because you knew who all these fuckers were. But if you're new to the company, yeah, you're not going to know who fucking Sonny Kiss is. Yeah, if you're like the the lapsed fan that they're trying to bring back, and you're watching this, I, I think that that battle royal probably didn't didn't serve those fans the best. And I was really Let's into the Sunny Kiss straight man or not has one of the greatest butts in the history of the world. Damn, <laughs> <laughs> even straight boys got to shout. Mm-hmm. Um, I. I, I don't know. I, when I watched this Battle Royal and I was like, I think there was talking about all of one of their, their big four pay-per-views or whatever were always going to have a Battle Royal. I watched this one and I'm like, I don't think you want a Battle Royal like this on every one of your major shows. Maybe once a year, but I'm, I'm pretty over these Battle Royals by this point. That's why I thought it was fun. I, I'm not a big fan of Battle Royals in general because they're always... They're always going to be the shitty. Same. Yeah. <laughs> it's like cage matches. Cage matches are pretty much... And in this day and age now, we all see them are just plotting, guys pushing each other, grading each other against things. Like, it's just a lot of shoving. Uh, yeah. it's, nowadays, some things, the matches are, that's why they're trying to reinvent the fucking Battle Royale with this fucking wild card concept. I don't know. I, I know dug it, but I can see I how thought, a new person I thought was the perfection of, like, tweaking the, the Battle Royale Royal Rumble concept and who actually did that the fucking best. First ever uh, Aztec Warfare match in Lucha Underground. Did you guys see that? 
I thought you were going to say the reverse battle royal where they threw the guys into the ring. <laughs> Fuck. No. <laughs> that was TNA, I think, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, I think that was a Russo thing. <laughs> I knew no, that I, I didn't, I didn't catch it. No, no, that, that, I, Lucha Underground did that fucking good. In general, I hate battle royals and royal rumbles. Like, they're, they're a bit passe. But, yeah. Apart from that, like, what were your main, any, any big takeaways from the show? And this was awesome. I mean, I thought the emotion in that, that Dustin Cody match, blood, just the overall, everything in it was, was just perfect. I was so happy for, for Dustin. I think a lot of people were like, what the fuck are they putting him in this main, you know, spotlight position in this first show of this new, young, hip company? But hit it out of the park, man. I thought it was perfect. Oh. Still there, Jeremy? Everyone's what? gone quiet. Mm-hmm. I, I stepped away for a second because you guys were talking. I went to grab a, a beverage. Oh, I see. I uh, John the went moment underwater I asked a little bit. You guys throw to me. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Um, uh, what are we speaking of? We're speaking I was of those just, I was just jizzing over, yeah, that blood fest. Um, but yeah, anything well, really you, that. Let's ask you this, John. Uh, on. Pay-per-view, we could clearly see how badly this gig was because it started pouring so much so quickly. I actually got nervous for Dustin, and I actually at points in time it looked like maybe he himself was concerned. Did that like come off in the live experience? Oh yeah. I mean, people were chanting "Fight Forever," and then people countered that chant with "Don't bleed out," though. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my fucking god! <laughs> I don't know if that picked up on camera. It was five no, four. I did not do that. bleed out. Like awesome. I mean, like because that's what wow. Dusty did. You know, like Dusty would bleed a lot. Yeah. And uh, and you you know that he was just smiling down, man. Like like they, I. The only gusher I've seen that bad for what Dustin did was fucking Eddie. I was thinking the Eddie one, or maybe like Jay Briscoe. In that that ROH one. Oh, the uh, the Age of the Fall angle. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. But I mean, you. Was that he dropped out? I think he's gone back underwater. I I'm think here. he might be. Oh, dude! All of a sudden, you were buried underwater, and it was. That's why I started talking. You were like dropped out completely. Uh, Are you moving around? Because uh, this is what it sounds like. I was like, all of a sudden, earlier I was. I've been. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what we're hearing. Better? You're better now, John. Carry on. Man, I'm I'm not moving at all. No, you're not moving. I can tell your lips are moving because that's how you speak. Stop moving. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, one of the things I want to touch on with the Battle Royal because I didn't like the entry concept, but I thought one thing that they did that killed it. Orange Cassidy was in a group of five, but. He walked so slow to the ring that he came out <laughs> was 22nd. He was not 22nd. He was in a group of five, but he just was walking from the back so slowly oh, he didn't so even good. enter through the... Yeah, I didn't catch you know. that at all watching on TV, but that is fucking awesome, man. Yeah, it's because he was just <laughs> from the locker room in the back the whole time. And when you real think about slow it, like, I mean... Tunnel. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he, he executes his gimmick extremely well. And, and, I mean, everybody loved it. Like, I mean, everybody that hadn't really watched him. Because I think he, he had his big breakout this game year, I 
feel like. You know, he worked a lot. <laughs> really impressed a lot of people that had only heard about him. And everybody was impressed with what he was doing. But the people that had watched him before kind of picked up on that. And, and I thought, like, I think that that made the whole entrance thing worth it, the way they did it. Yeah. So, you know, props to Orange Cassidy. He is, he's, he's great. So also, I'm a Tangerine like, Cassidy guy. Uh, what's that? <laughs> I'm a Tangerine Cassidy guy. Let's see what you did there. I'm a, I'm a Mandarin Cassidy guy over here. No, did, Joey came out as Tangerine Cassidy. You guys did not see that shit? Oh, I remember that now. I didn't Couple actually shows get back, the name. It was yeah, on a, the GCW Joey. show, right? Oh, no, no, it was the ICW No, show, wait, I ICW, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the New York one. Yeah. Joey Janela came out as Tangerine Cassidy and all the gear, and he did the, the, the same shtick. It was pretty great. If you didn't like Orange Cassidy's gimmick, you probably hated it. <laughs> <laughs> I loved Orange Cassidy, man. I, every single time I've seen him, I mean, he's super impressive. You would think the gimmick would get a bit one-dimensional over time, but every time he pops me on something that he does, so... That's yeah. great, yeah. Mm. Like when he will take his hands out of his pockets for like three minutes. Well, that's where he gets his power, you, you know. Yeah, you think it's gonna literally get as I'm as I'm talking to you guys, all of a sudden uh, a gift of pockets? Orange Cassidy versus Jervis popped up on Twitter. Hmm. Oh um, yeah, look at playing those kicks. He's playing those kicks in, man. <laughs> um, so from the TV presentation, I wanted to uh, put over. I love the the look of it. I heard some people who were like saying the production was was you know shit. And I, I have no idea what the fuck they were smoking because I thought it, it looked big time. Um, I, I, my favorite part was there were a lot of things that I thought felt like the the awesome big time uh, visual vibes of, of watching WCW. I always thought WCW did a better job of of creating that sports like atmosphere uh, with the way that they filmed and their production than the the fucking shitty. Kevin Dunn bullshit over at WWE, and I, I felt like that was definitely a vibe, which apparently they had um, the actual WCW uh, head of production um, heading shit up, so I guess that that is the reason for that, and the overall commentary, I thought the commentary was, was fucking incredible, um, I think a lot of That's people JR. were... They weren't sure about JR. Yeah, heard a lot of people, I don't know about this, using JR for this new hot product, but I thought JR was fucking awesome. I thought Excalibur was the perfect um, complement to JR. Um, and I, you can't say any bad things about Excalibur. He just did so great. And then I actually really liked um, the the third man in the booth, uh, Alex Marvez. Uh, he he kind of did a bit of a... Mike Tenay type of a thing where he'd lay out and then he'd sort of come in with these little quips and these little like anecdotes and stories and like personality insights and things like that, which I, I thought was awesome. So overall, I think just the overall sports feel of the commentary, the production uh, was amazing. I, I love that there's no fucking bullshit over the top heel commentator. I think that's a dumb trope in wrestling that we don't need anymore. Um, I, I loved it. What do you guys think? Or more Jeremy. Know. Jeremy, what did you think? Because I guess John couldn't see or hear this since he was there in person. I liked Excalibur. I thought the commentary was fucking shit, dude, honestly. Oh. JR, JR was okay for the most part. He did his best he could. But the other guy was god-awful, dude. Like, he... 
would he just did, like he repeat. didn't get like the Mike Tanay type of vibe where he's he's not necessarily no, I got, there. And... I got Scott Hudson kind of vibes. <laughs> Scott Hudson vibes. <laughs> I got, it was terrible, dude. Like he would just at one point he interjected, uh, Audra Kong's father left her. I popped for that. Yeah. I thought that we were I, watching that. I was watching that with my buddies. I was like, oh, I did not know that. <laughs> why do we need to know that? I think it, it adds. It gives you the reason why she's such a, a badass. You know, it's father issues. That's that's what's going on here. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. That was so ridiculous. It was so depressing. All of a sudden, yeah, Audrey Kong's dad left her as a, as a young child. That's really affected her to this day. I'm like, what the hell? Why are you bringing the group down, bro? Uh, that is where we differ. I want more of that in my wrestling. I want weird personality insights. Oh, no, I don't mind <laughs> positive personality traits with, like, yeah, uh, this is uh, Polly, whatever. His dad died from a terrible car accident when they were when he was very young. It's just, like, what? We don't need that kind of babyface <laughs> inspiration. Hey, if we only give, like, positive affirmation shit, you know, positive affirmation shit with people who are just, like, good, well-rounded people do not end up in wrestling, sir. You have to be some yeah, sort of <laughs> fucked up to be in wrestling, so that's what we need. Aja Kong sure does like fun. <laughs> do you know no, Aja so- Kong actually graduated from college? <laughs> I know, it's- <laughs> the guy like was silent forever all of a sudden he just has to bring down the whole group no. there was a couple of times like uh the one of the best was he he randomly brought up some football reference to jr and then both both excalibur and jr no soul they didn't respond at all it was great oh i missed that one yeah i heard it guys. you're underwater again you're underwater John. get out of that water yeah primary i heard he did more of the work yes at one point during it they were going to throw to the next segment and jr was clearly lost looking at the paper excalibur on camera audibly and visually started laughing at jr it was great they had like a really cool chemistry i thought like they had like a bit of a yeah like the second half of the show for sure and and anytime you got a a crew like this working together for the first time there's going to be some some bumps and shit but overall I thought it was it was great, and I'm very excited for that team going forward. I wouldn't I wouldn't change a, a bit of it, and I think uh, I some of those things you said about Marvez, I think he'll get better because because this is his first time actually doing commentary uh, other than just doing prep work for this um, in the past. So I think give give him a bit of a break for a first time. I think he did pretty well. He'll and... go down as the hog of. A-I-A-W, whatever are that guy was. Are you putting down the hog of ROH, sir? <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yes, sir, indeed. No I way. Am. Greatest commentator of all time. Slap that poor <laughs> man. Like, they are right. Like, we need a guy who likes football and is Southern like Jim Ross. Let's get Hog. Oh, I loved, loved Mike Hodgewood. I thought of he was fantastic. He died recently, sir. Come on, let's. I'm not trying to. He was a <laughs> fine enough man. <laughs> oh. Man, I can stand it. How do you get a better catchphrase than slap the porpoise? This one's over. Come on. <laughs> 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 now I heard JR redeemed himself with the call of Moxley coming. Oh yeah, I got chills on that, bro. Like that, I that everything about it. Uh, 
Here comes Moxley with a sparkle in his eye. It felt like a WWE moment because it was Dean Ambrose with Jim Ross calling it. Like, well, it felt like a good, good WWE moment. Like, you wouldn't get that oh, WWE 100%. moment in the last like decade. Fuck no. Yeah, but that's a different story, I guess. But yeah, overall, I thought fucking oh, incredible. Well, guys, it was lit when Mox when Moxley showed up, and he came down through the crowd, a la Shield. Yeah, yeah, he went right by Josh. Yeah, they showed that on the latest episode of Being the Elite, like him sort of standing at the the side door waiting for his spot through the Jericho promo and then like sort of getting ramped up and then like actually hitting the door and going out. It was actually a really cool um, visual to see the other side of it. Was he in a suite or something? No, no, he was just sort of waiting in the, the you know, the hallway bit where you they open up the stairs and then he goes, I uh, open the door to the stairs and then he goes into the arena. Same corridor that we would go through, but like since everyone's in the arena, no one's yeah. hanging out. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, really cool. Awesome. I thought it was yeah, so I well done. Dude, we yeah. might have to make this at a double and nothing only show because we're getting long and I, man, it's I gotta hit the bed fucking soon. Hit that bed. Yeah, <laughs> uh, so I thought that was awesome. I did want to address the the Twitter things of recently that sort of came out of this show. Um, it, it was a weird fucking thing where the everyone being so excited for AEW and like, you know, fuck this fucking, you know, WWE shit that we've had to put up with for so long. This is an alternative. This is fucking awesome. Fucking Bravo on the bandwagon, which is, is to me great. That's fucking what you want out of this. And then we have all of these like lame wads, these fucking nerds saying, Oh, boo, no support all wrestling. You know, real wrestling fan would still support WWE. They're going to support AEW. Everyone can like all sorts of wrestling. It's fucking PC fucking bullshit. Like I got so cross. I got so cross on that bullshit. All these people said those type of fans, you know, those type of fans that are going to throw WWE under the bus. Like, fuck you, you know, like, like support all wrestling. No, fuck that. Support good wrestling. Like if you've got this trash bag fucking promotion that like doesn't even respect its own fans, people should be able to be excited about the the alternative. And like like people, these people do not do they not remember the nineties? Like the fucking best part about being a wrestling fan in the nineties was being all behind your favorite company. Like like for me, it was ECW. Like I was like fuck yeah, ECW. Fuck these other pieces of shit. ECW all the way like that was one of the most fun parts about being a wrestling fan and now people are trying to paint that that approach that that you know uh the turf war side of wrestling of being a wrestling fan make that a bad thing like I I was like fucking bewildered by this bullshit what did you guys okay, think okay okay dude I agree and disagree the re- I agree that you should be all about the company that you're dedicated to there's there's no reason why somebody shouldn't say my favorite wrestling product is such and such and be all about that. But also at the same time, as a wrestling fan, we should be encouraging and be happy that all these companies do well. The only situation here is unfortunately one of the companies in this scenario is the evil corporation WWE. (laughs) (laughs) So like as, as much as you want to be like all inclusive and supportive, we're talking about the company that, May or may not try to get Ashley Massaro to cover up her rape. We're talking about the a company that, that basically may... supported Donald Trump's presidential campaign and yes. put those dollars in his pocket. The same company that won't let guys get out of their contract because maybe they were injured for a couple months. We're talking about the same company. We can go on for days. The fucking Saudi Arabia <laughs> shit. 
Yeah. It's hard to pay favoritism and try to say, let's be equal for everybody when one of them is the WWE. But I am all about, like, man, if you like wrestling, like wrestling. You should not be like, hey, I like AEW, so fuck WWE. You can say fuck WWE for all those other reasons I just mentioned. (laughs) But there's no reason to pit wrestling versus wrestling just for the sake of doing so. I I mean, the only part that I'll sort of give it a little bit into, I hate the idea of, like, it's better for everyone. The more wrestlers that are employed uh, around the world, like, fucking good, you know? No one should ever be like, oh, I fucking hate that product. I hope they go out of business. You know, that's, that's like, fucking not constructive at all. Evil. But at the same time, evil motherfuckers. And the whole time I was reading this, I was also reading all of the Ashley Massaro stuff. And it's like, people are being like, come on, give WWE a chance. While you're reading about them, like, fucking covering up her gang rape and sodomization. I feel almost targeted because, you know, I definitely have, like, said. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, co-host, without mentioning your name, I'm going to bring this up now. No, yeah. it almost just felt like a bit of a rift, you know, with with different side yeah. of it, it on 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 Twitter. And those things are interesting because, like, you can you can see either point, but you never really get to have a dialogue with them because it's just going to turn into a fucking bullshit Twitter argument, which is not conducive to anything. So I think it's cool to be able to have you know people on different sides of that be able to to sort of you know talk a little bit about it on a podcast like this. Yeah, it's it's. It, we all have to agree that wrestling is great and that wrestling should thrive, but also WWE is pretty shitty as far as a company and a product a lot of the time. But hey, <laughs> no one should be forced to like something they don't like. So I agree with that 100%. Nice. nice. I mean, I, I support WWE in that they want to, that they should try to like improve their product through competition or just being better people. If you saw the last week tonight episode, like, you know, like I, uh, I, I support competition, but that doesn't mean that I want to watch it right now. Yeah, yeah, Is yeah. There... I, I think that's what the word people should draw. Like, like you, you don't necessarily have to actively work against WWE or voice how they should go on that business. You can support all wrestling by simply like saying, "Hey, this is the thing I like." No need to detract from the other thing. But yeah, it's it's clearly true that the WWE is evil. I love this evil company, unfortunately, <laughs> but it's evil. I love my, my memories of it before I sort of worked out exactly what it was. So I like the, that sort of childhood nostalgia of it, but I've, I've completely separated myself from having any want to support them in any way into the future. But, I mean, that's that's just me. I mean, what do you guys think going... Did you watch that last week tonight? Sorry? John, Did you guys the watch John that Stewart one? Tonight? You guys are talking over each other. Right yeah, now. It's I'm... hard for anybody to understand. I think what John was asking is John is saying, hey, did you watch that last week tonight? I did. Thing? And I'm like, I yeah, did, John. I, I thought it was great. Yeah, that's what I Sorry, I have the phone away from my face so that you can hear me. But Well, you should because like, we need you to talk into the phone. <laughs> Put it by your face, John. What are you doing? <laughs> When I do that, you say I'm swimming underwater or bobbing for apples or some shit. <laughs> you're gonna, I think you're going to need to invest in a microphone and a headset. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to have to do that. Is that what you're rocking? Uh, yeah, I got the Yeti, the Yeti uh, blue microphone. It's pretty dope. Right, cool. 
I got a, a headset. Dude, I honestly, I, I want to carry on longer, but if if I don't get to bed soon, I will be hating life tomorrow. John is, I believe, two hours ahead of me, so he will be as well. Yeah, Christopher, let's yeah. do some plugs. Yeah, yeah. I did want to ask, last thing on this show, though, it was a bit of a point where some people thought it was bad, some people thought it was great. The uh, break in the throne. Where do we sit on that one? Loved it. I, th- I thought it was. I I thought they had been very professional up to that point with not um, directly attacking WWE, but and that was definitely a shots fired type of thing. Oh, but I thought like Cody hated point, chairs. <laughs> I mean, at the same point, I I, I kind of liked it though. I was like, ooh, wow, shit's getting dark. Like, like <laughs> let's see what happens. Here's the thing: I personally can agree that objectively, it was corny as fuck. <laughs> but at the same time, so was WWE showing up to WCW in a little Jeep tank uh, with DX attacking. <laughs> We're talking about wrestling where men fight in their underpants. Silly shit happens. Yeah, That was kind of silly, but it was Cody making a statement. Like, it, I think it makes sense for what AEW was doing to have some sort of message like that. Like, You need that to me. Yeah. It's yeah, important. It's a fucking... All the arms. It's like this is us versus them, which company wise is fine. Fan base, that you could do that too if you want to. I don't think it's necessarily needed, but company wise, yeah, they need to make it us or them. Like they definitely need to. Yeah. I, I stated on Twitter that I don't think the WWE was gonna respond immediately and they clearly didn't. Like they ended the show main evented by Baron Corbin. Like nothing was any different. There was more silliness. If anything, more it was one of the worst shows they ever presented, which was kind of funny. Yep. But they did name drop AEW. That I honestly felt like it was them saying, oh, we're pushing this Sammy gimmick where Sammy will say anything. And it almost made it like, look at us do some crazy shit by Sammy saying AEW, which took the balls and all the legs out. And they've already edited it out. That I also also felt like it was, again, more them saying, oh, let's exercise this whole concept that Sami Zayn's doing this gimmick where he'll say anything and them just playing into our paranoia. People do forget when they think that they think that um, AEW was being tawdry and oh why would they throw stones it was Triple H that started this with that fucking bullshit at the Hall of Fame like let's not forget about that yeah Yeah. I thought the moment was great I think it was it was like all you have to look at is did it get a pop in the building? And people went fucking crazy when he did that. And I think yeah, that's it at the end of the day. Yeah. And and like to me, one of the best parts about WCW and ECW was the fact that they they created a, a divide and they, they did, you know, bury the, you know, WWE and, and like that's what you want. You want to create that rah-rah fucking let's get behind this new thing. Um, so yeah, I, I think as much as people are complaining, saying unprofessional, blah, blah, blah. No, I thought it was perfect. The other gripe I didn't yeah. like is them, uh, people bitching about AEW or Cody in the angle claiming that he was out to kill the attitude arrow, but has gold dust on the show. and Tommy dreamer on the show. It's like, dude, let's not pretend this isn't what it is. These are, Tommy is clearly a nostalgia pop. We got fucking glaciers. Like these are staples of wrestling. That's not 
going back to the attitude era that's everyone's brought some nostalgia act to pop everybody like it's nothing out of the ordinary and like the the attitude era thing was mainly just like a part of cody's promo building the feud exactly. with dustin like, so yeah people get over yourselves lordy be mm-hmm. john yeah. how did you enjoy your weekend in total that's why i really want to know yeah when you left the weekend you had a good time in more ways than one things that won't be mentioned on the show but uh, <laughs> what, what was your out your when you left the weekend? How did you feel? Did you sometimes you know you'll go home? You're like, man, I shouldn't have spent all that money. But was this one worth it? Uh, oh yeah, it was absolutely worth it. It was it was great until I had to check out of my hotel, but I had about three hours to kill before I'd go to the airport, and oh. for a while, and it was like I like lost money, and then I made it up, and then I got fifty bucks up. And then in the last 15 minutes, I lost like $200. I also found on the ground at a CVS. Oh. So you only left 100 down. Yeah, yeah, you know, and and maybe not even that. Uh, Yeah, I I had a good time, man. I I went to a topless pool party at, at the most famous strip club in Las Vegas Ooh, where nice. it was like a day party. You know, they're big on pool parties there. And I, uh, the, all the girls were just like hanging out in the pool and playing like, like, you know, pool volleyball with everybody, but they were all topless. So that was cool. And then, um, actually I, there was a girl that, uh, I spent some money on there at the club that, uh, she was a, a porn star that I recognized from my, my younger days of maybe four years ago. <laughs> so much younger. So much younger. <laughs> and I, I was like, I feel like you look familiar. And she's like, oh, I just moved to Vegas. It's my first day working here. And I'm like, that's what they all say. And she's like, no, literally, I just moved here from, from Los Angeles. And I'm like, well, I recognize you from somewhere. And she's like, uh, you recognize me from when you had your dick in your hand. <laughs> that's what she said. And I that's why when I saw Remy LaCroix at PWG, like there was no way I was walking over to like, are you Remy LaCroix? Like it's clearly like, hey, I jerked off to you. Can you confirm that you're that person that for some reason when your clothes are on, I still remember what you look like? Oh, my friend is a big fan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, let's plug away. I'm going to pass out. All right, plugs, plugs, plugs. John, uh, what you got plugging? People need to follow John Craft. People, what, what's going on with you? Jcraft901 on Twitter and JC901303 on the Insta. It's pretty much all I do. Now you got to promote something cool that you like outside of wrestling that's random, something you've been enjoying lately, maybe a food, a product, a television show. Give it to us. Yeah, so I just moved uh, on the other side of town next to my favorite restaurant. I found it because I said, who has the best Thai restaurant in Denver? It's called U.S. Thai. They have five levels of heat, and it starts with mild, then it goes to mild plus. If you try to order medium from them, they'll ask you if you've ever had mild plus there before. And if you say (laughs) no, they will not let you order medium. That's awesome. And every so often, I will order medium, and I regret it. I have to, like heat it up a couple days later after it's cooled down so i've been eating a lot of pad thai lately shout out to them they literally are so busy that you will call the place to go order 
and it'll ring for three minutes and it'll go to a voicemail saying we're not taking to-go orders right now <laughs> That's awesome. wow five levels of heat is an amazing tag team name by the way there's there's a, <laughs> there's a local tag team up here that's called uh four Give minutes of heat but five five levels of heat would be a great tag team name four minutes of heat's what my ex-girlfriend used to call me hey <laughs> that was before the mexican viagra i believe <laughs> Call back. No, now he was four hours Amen. of heat and going to the doctor because things supposed to go down by <laughs> Not all I got. What do you guys got? Um, uh, all right. I... Well, I am James Vanderbeek on the Facebook, Twitter. Oh, actually, the Facebook I'm not using so much. Let's just do Twitter and Instagram. James Vanderbeek. J A I M S Vanderbeek. If you need a t-shirt design or anything, let me know. And for cool shit, cool shit, cool shit. Okay. Uh, if you have not, I'm sure this is, I think it kind of went viral, so I'm not blowing anybody's lids off right here, but the uh, Mark McGuire and Jose Canseco special, Bash Brothers, by mm. Lonely Island on Netflix. You have to watch it. It's like a, a movie uh, with a bunch of music videos linked together. They called it a visual poem, but it's about the famous duo of Jose Canseco and Mike McGuire playing baseball for the athletics in the 80s, and Ooh. it's amazing. I've heard good Gone things about that. that. I need to get on that. Get on it. Alright, and from me, uh, at Chris Things on Twitter and Instagram, mostly Instagram, all of the rad wrestling art stuff, uh, check it out, buy some prints, uh, support me, let me know if you want a custom commission of some kind, that can happen too. All of those things at Chris Things, um, my, my personal recommendation for the week, uh, the other week I went to a, a music concert. In fact, at uh, a couple of suburbs over, it was a small little kind of place, but it was a dude called Cedric Burnside, and he is a fucking amazing blues musician uh, from over over your way, um, that side of the pond, and he fucking blew me away, man. Like between his acoustic stuff and then like his actual like uh, electric plugged in stuff, like it got like kind of vibes of. Um, like just so much amazing like retro soul kind of music and I, I love all of that shit um and yeah just blew my mind Cedric Burnside check him out especially if he's coming to a, a town near you would recommend yep yep now also time to plug the social suplex but not the show we were pro- previously promoting <laughs> that is no longer on the network right Chris thank you for holding me accountable sir uh, <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> apparently for the last like couple i don't know it was we're talking weeks or months here but i've been <laughs> i've been pu- uh, plugging shows that are not even part of this network anymore uh i'm so... actually on competitive networks yeah. <laughs> <laughs> other other so i will no longer be plugging wilfred watches and omega luke last one yeah. last one you guys are out Get out of here. Regarding our previous promotions, we were bullshitting before. That we, I don't know why we were selling you a false set of goods. They suck. <laughs> I have deleted them from my line of plugged notes. So I'll only plug the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Uh, within that, One Nation Radio, Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show, The All Elite Show, Keeping It Strong Style, and of course, Grown Men Watch This Shit. You can find oh, yeah. all of that at socialsuplex.com and uh, follow us at 
Grown Men Pod on the Twitter. Boom. Thanks. Thanks for joining us, Jonathan. Thanks for having me, guys. I always love to be here. Thanks, John. We I'll love you. you. Next time I travel. Love you too, Mwah. guys. Get swifty, ladies and germs. Bye. <laughs>